This is the BA Coach Podcast episode 47. Welcome to the BA Coach Podcast, online at thebacoach.com. Helping business analysts take their craft to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are a brand new BA or you've been practicing for many years. There is always something we can all do to take our BA skills and techniques up a notch. And now, here is your host, author, blogger, musician, and BA evangelist, Yakub Muhammad, also known as Yamo. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the BA Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Yamo, and I hope you're having a great uh, end of winter so to say we are embarking on to spring uh, hopefully next week it's almost here right so hang tight there um, and uh, I just wanted to bring an interesting topic to this episode that's been on the minds of a lot of folks that I've interacted with off late in the BA community and uh, that's got to do with PMI's entry into business analysis now you know, initially there was a lot of sort of commotion, excitement. Uh, uh, people really were curious and wanted to know where is this going and why is PMI sort of, you know, having a foray into business analysis. So I had the opportunity to have a sit down with Dave Baig, a virtual sit down, uh, to talk about this important topic and to understand the vision, the grand vision of PMI as it relates to business analysis. And as you know, like, you know, I do everything I can in my capacity to bring you all the information you need to be able to understand the different uh, flavors and perspectives of what's going on in the industry with business analysis. So uh, very exciting episode. We, you know, we cover all, a lot of topics as you will listen soon. You know, things like uh, how PMI approaches uh, certain things you know in, in this case how how did they even approach getting into business analysis and to be honest they've always been in business analysis because you know a lot of the pinbox stuff does talk about business analysis in some capacity it's just that i think the the focus and the highlight is sort of um more elaborate as as they're getting into this so i i i personally learned a lot myself uh, into the inner workings of PMI, how you know uh, how diligent they are in in putting things together and so forth. So we discuss a lot of great topics, such as you know the community of practice for business analysts as uh, as envisioned by PMI, and how do they sort of see that integrating into the chapters that exist already. And is business analysis the business of PMI? Uh, dispelling myths associated with PMI's entry into business analysis and uh, we also talk a little bit about the practice guide and who are sort of the audience for this guide uh, and uh, one interesting thing that I also you know learned myself was the the role delineation study that was uh, you know that that contributed to the development of the their new certification the PMI PBA uh, and we also talk about, you know, PMI, PBA versus other BA certifications. So although this podcast is titled all about PMI, PBA, I think it's important to understand the complete background of how it came into existence. So, 
Uh, I'm gonna get out of your way now. So without further ado, here's Dave. Hello, Dave. Uh, welcome to the Be A Coach podcast. So before we actually start this episode, I, I was wondering if you could provide a brief background of what you do with the PMI with regard to your uh, current role. Sure. I am the uh, program manager for business analysis and requirements at PMI. That says it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and basically what that means is that I'm leading the initiatives, the business analysis and requirements initiatives in the association and have been doing so since, since 2014. So it's been an, a tremendous experience working with PMI. They do some things very, very well. And those things are, are things that I think contribute to the success that we've had up to this point and, and have really formed the basis of, of the products that we have in the business analysis space. Okay, great. And now let's get uh, into the, the burning question that's been brewing in my mind and also you know, in, the, in the minds of the business analysis community members with regard to how PMI approached entering into the business analysis realm, how they saw this profession and field and, and what uh, they've done so far, like we are sitting here in, in March 2016. So uh, we wanted to get a sense of that. So if you could give us a brief background of how PMI started treading on this path from you know initial analysis to research to, to actually being where we are right now. I'd be happy to. And let me first start by, by dispelling a myth. I think that there's a lot of people who believe that PMI just got into the business analysis space over the last couple of years. And that couldn't be further from the truth. PMI as an association has been around for a very long time. Requirements has been an integral part of PMI since that period of time. So this is nothing new for PMI. What is new is that our focus in this area has increased substantially over the last couple of years. And the reasons for that are, are very clear. First of all, one of the things that I absolutely love about PMI is that everything that they do is founded on market research. And one of the things that PMI came to the realization in the 2012-2013 timeframe was that failure of projects and programs are often attributed to poor requirements. And basically, this is a trend that has been around for an extended period of time, and it has not improved. So it reached the point where PMI stakeholders were basically telling PMI that this was an area that they wanted them to focus more attention on. And so that bubbled up to the surface. And in 2013, PMI actually built a business plan for how they were going to proceed forward with focusing more time and energy in the space associated with business analysis and requirements. And in, towards the end of 2013, they began to execute against that plan, and we started to actually see tangible results in 2014. That's great. So I wanted to uh, quickly talk about some of the factors that you mentioned, Dave, with regard to you know, uh, what contributed to uh, the onset of uh, PMI trading on this path, one of them being requirements being the, the primary cause for the failure of projects or of missed requirements, so to say. <laughs> so with 
that trend, were there any other factors that sort of PMI was working with that caused a tipping point to actually say, hey, I think uh, we're ready for it? Was, was there something else happening in the industry that sort of caused this impetus to grow? I don't believe so. PMI is always at the pulse of what's happening in the industry. And, you know, business analysis, as I said earlier, is an integral part of project management and program management. So it was just a logical extension for PMI based on that stakeholder input and the research that we had done to actually begin to focus more energy on on solving some of the fundamental problems that lead to project and program failure. Okay, great. So there was a formal study that uh, PMI engaged uh, in this regard. I think you may, you alluded to uh, to some research. Yes. So let me um, start by saying that the initial research, and, and PMI does this research every year. It's the annual Pulse of the Profession uh, report in project management. And that was the report that had showed consistently over a period of years that requirements was one of the significant points of failure. One of the things that we actually did in 2014, though, is... In the first quarter, the standard pulse of the profession report uh, came out, once again showing this trend. And later in the year, we actually published an in-depth pulse of the profession report. And there are typically a number of these produced each year. But in August of 2014, we released the pulse of the profession in-depth report that addressed in much more detail the causes behind business analysis and requirements leading to project failure. And that is very pertinent research. It's still very viable today, even though two years have almost passed since we've actually published that research, mainly because it had been an extended period of time before anything, any type of research of this level of depth had been produced. I think the latest was from IAG in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. And our research went to much greater depths than than that research did. Absolutely. And I just want to quickly highlight the fact uh, that you stated, uh, Dave, that business analysis is an integral part of project management. And and the way, you know, the way I see it, it looks like that sort of got the spotlight and highlight based on the outcome of the pulse uh, of the profession research that happened. And that sort of percolated into the bigger focus that PMI is having on business analysis right now. Uh, Would that be sort of like a good way to summarize this? Yeah, I think so. I think it's important to point out that PMI's research has also shown that the majority of strategic initiatives are actually implemented or accomplished through projects and programs. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having business analysis being an integral part of projects and programs is is obviously you know part of the secret sauce for achieving your strategic initiatives yeah yeah absolutely and uh, thank you for alluding to that myth dave when you said okay we have this uh, organization primarily focuses on you know project management and what does it have to do with business analysis uh, what people forget to see is really the big picture both at the micro and and the macro level uh, to see that there is actually a very close relationship, right? And and that's what sort of causes people to have this gut reaction and say, what's PMI doing in business analysis realm? 
that's exactly right. It is a very close relationship. And let's be honest, it's not just about the project manager and the business analyst. It's about all members of the project and program team coming together in a collaborative fashion to basically be ensure that they're all aligned at accomplishing the same goal and working together to achieve that goal. That's what's going to lead to project and program success and the success of strategic initiatives is um, by having everybody on the same page and working in concert towards making that a reality. I think a lot of times that's part of the crux of the problem is when organizations segregate these roles and people begin to build their own little fiefdoms and, and they stop collaborating and working towards that common goal. Absolutely. And I also feel like, you know, in my opinion, I think uh, people usually tend to pigeonhole their thinking into a particular role. They think, you know, a, a project manager is supposed to do X, Y, and Z, and there is another role of a business analyst that's, that does, you know, A, B, and C, and there's no overlap. When in reality, it's really how the organizations define it and how that role definition goes about performing a task. But the truth of the matter is that if you take it one level higher, there is really that function of identifying the business need, which any person can do it as long as you follow the, the basic principles. Yes, don't disagree. And I, you know, you kind of hit on a very important point because, and I'm going to just say a couple of things. First of all, some people don't believe that the project manager needs to be involved in identifying, you know, the process of identifying the business need. I think that's a very much a false statement, just as it is a false statement that the BA wouldn't care. I think people are being expected to execute on a project or a program that they truly need to have a, a clear understanding and be involved in the process of actually determining the problem and identifying the business needs. Now, to your point, not all organizations see it that way. Mm -hmm. And we certainly are not in the, in the position to actually tell organizations how to do their business. We are in the process of being able to provide guidance to organizations on, you know, on our research and on the ways other organizations have, have, you know, have accomplished success. And I think that's the important point is that we're trying to address that. But the other thing that I would say here is, you know, a lot of times determining the problems and identifying the business need is often done at a much higher level in the organization. Perhaps somebody who's, you know, truly focused on organizational strategy. And what's important in that situation is that's not, you know, that's not to say that an organization who does that, that's wrong. Again, it's, it's up to the organization to, to determine what's right. What's important in that situation is to ensure that the appropriate people, project managers and business analysts are engaged at the appropriate point in time, which is really prior to a, a project or a program um, being chartered to truly make sure that they understand what problem it is that we're trying to solve and how the, the business needs have been determined and to ensure that they're in sync with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, whenever I see a project manager Truly understanding what the business needs and is delivering to that, it actually, you know, warms my heart. And, and I know that this, this person is treading on the right path, going in the right direction, right? Rather than just focusing on the delivery and getting it done, going in the wrong direction, right? Essentially. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. 
Yeah. All right. So before I actually, you know, talk about the the PMI PBA certification and and what has happened thus far with regard to PMI's engagement with the business analysis community, I was wondering, Dave, if you could sort of give us like a a narrative, or if you will, the the path uh, from uh, late 2014 to until now. Like, what were some of the major things that PMI did in order to to be where you are today? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, um, as I think I said earlier, I came on the scene in 2014, and uh, basically PMI asked me to come in and help execute their business plan around business analysis and requirements. So we started that work in earnest in 2014, and you know one of the products which I've already mentioned was we we got teed off with uh, conducting that in-depth pulse of the profession research mm-hmm. that's still available out on PMI.org if anybody is interested. So there was a lot of upfront work that was required before we could actually go out to the community with the research. We had over 2,000 people um, actually respond to that research. So we had a, a very significant sample size from which we drew our conclusions. And then we published that in, in August. In addition to that, during 2014, we also launched a development team to build the uh, business analysis for practitioners, a practice guide, which ultimately was published um, towards the end of 2014. That has been a huge success in the market. It's a very practical approach to business analysis. Mm -hmm. To date, we have over 64,000 copies in circulation which I think is is significant of the need for that type of standard in the marketplace. I and mean, I do want to put that myth to rest. This is truly a standard that was um, developed in accordance with the standards development process at PMI. So that was a huge success during the year of 2014. We also launched uh, the professional and business analysis uh, certification During that year, we started with a pilot, which ran from roughly early May till August. Then then we officially launched the PBA in November of 2014. Also during that year, we created uh, dedicated web pages on both PMI.org, as well as our community site, which is projectmanagement.com. And at that point in time in 2014, we actually had a community of practice in um, requirements on PMI.org, as well as a community of practice on projectmanagement.com. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. And then we also introduced our business analysis track to PMI's Congress events, which are two events that we hold annually, one in EMEA and one in North America. Mm -hmm. There are big conferences, if you will, and we draw thousands of people to those conferences each year. So having a business analysis track was was obviously one of the fundamental things we, we wanted to accomplish in 2014. Moving on to 2015, our focus changed a little bit, uh, not away from these our accomplishments in 2014 because we wanted to continue to see those things grow. But in 2015, we actually produced a requirements management practice guide. And the requirements management practice guide is actually a really important guide because it acts as the glue between business analysis for practitioners and the PMBOK. And we felt that that was a necessary guide to produce because the PMBOK version 5 
you know, briefly talks about requirements. And then obviously the business analysis practice guide, which was produced uh, a number of years after PMBOK version five, is now talking about the full breadth and depth of business analysis. So we needed something to kind of tie the two together and show the alignment um, between the two. And that's what the requirements management practice guide has done for us. So that ended up getting produced in um, the latter parts of 2015. The other major area that we focused on in 2015 was actually our chapter and our registered education provider communities. We wanted to make sure that we were providing those two communities with all of the assets that they needed to be able to understand the suite of products we were we were building in business analysis and to be able to communicate that out to our members and in the case of the registered education providers, their customers. Mm -hmm. So we spent a, a lot of time and energy focused in that area. And it's proved out to be very rewarding because what we're finding now is the chapters have embraced the business analysis community. Um, not only are they welcoming them into the chapter, but PMI is welcoming business analysts and those people who perform business analysis, because not everybody is titled as a business analyst. Mm. We are welcoming them into the larger PMI community as well. And I think that that is demonstrated by the fact that our community, which uh, I mentioned earlier, we in 2014, we kind of had two communities. We had one on projectmanagement.com, one on PMI.org. In 2015, we actually combined those two communities onto projectmanagement.com. And so now our business analysis community on projectmanagement.com has well over 100,000 practitioners participating in that lively community. So what's available in that community is thought leadership articles, tips on business analysis, templates on business analysis. This is where we host webinars and podcasts. So it is a very vibrant community, and I encourage anybody to join that community. Now, you can join projectmanagement.com in two ways. One is you can register independently, of, of which there's a fee, or you become a project, a PMI member. And when you become a PMI member, you get automatic, full-fledged access to projectmanagement.com. So that's the preferred way to actually get access to projectmanagement.com, and it's also the least expensive way to get that access. But nevertheless, I digress a little bit. So what we're finding now is that our chapters are actually creating within their individual chapters communities of practice on business analysis. So this might be like, you know, maybe there's a community of practice around pharmaceuticals or what have you. Mm -hmm. This is very similar to that. So this is a, a separate group of people that have a genuine interest in the particular topic. And then, you know, they may hold events with the actual chapter. They may hold events with some of the other communities of practice within that chapter and so on. And so we see that growth happening. And that's exactly what we were hoping for. So uh, that's going very well. Also in 2015, in November, we introduced our virtual business analysis conference. This is just basically a conference that's held on a virtual platform. So we had six experts from the field of business analysis speaking at this event. We also did a, a little presentation on the PMI PBA, Professional in Business Analysis. Mm -hmm. This ended up being an incredible 
event for us. We actually had 23,000 people registered for the event and the actual people who have attended the event both on the day of the event as well as via on-demand access after the event has totaled over 17,000 people. So truly a, a very um, successful event for us and you know, really gave the business analysis community a true appreciation for the commitment PMI has for business analysis. Absolutely. And it looks like you know, 2015 must have been really, really busy for PMI and uh, especially for you, Dave. <laughs> it, it was. It was a great year. A couple of other things that I would just um, like to say that I think were very pertinent for our year. Sure. I mentioned earlier PMBOK version 5. Well, PMBOK version 6 is actually in development as we speak. In fact, it will be uh, coming up for public exposure draft review in 2016, so folks should keep an eye out for that. But one of the things that we needed to do with the PMBOK version 16 that actually came to us, which was great, was they asked us to take a look at the changes they were making to the PMBOK and to ensure that there was closer alignment between business analysis for practitioners, the practice guide that we had produced, with the new version of the PMBOK. So you're going to see a lot more alignment mm -hmm. with business analysis in the next version of the PMBOK. And I think that that's really critical for the industry and for both the project management and business analysis communities. Yeah. We also, a big win for us is we translated business analysis for practitioners into Chinese. And that was accomplished at the end of the year as well. And one other thing that we did for our overall chapter communities is every year in association with our Congress events, PMI conducts what is referred to as the Leadership Institute meeting, which is geared towards our chapter volunteers. And basically, we provide a conference within a conference because this precedes our Congress event is basically to provide those people who are providing substantial volunteer commitments within their chapters with education, what we're doing within PMI to make them aware and to enable them to you know, start to ramp up initiatives within their chapters, as well as you know, solid advice on how to run a chapter and, and conduct chapter business effectively. So um, this is a, a huge event that's attended by thousands and thousands of of our volunteers. And one of the things that happened at that Leadership Institute meeting in the fall was that we actually uh, did a presentation on business analysis, much like what I'm talking about here today, we did that for our chapter communities. And so that's part of what's propelling that growth. So that's where uh, you also provide some insights and input into how business analysis can be extended into the the core of the chapter and, and the opportunities, I guess, I'm also assuming there are there is some knowledge sharing that's happening across chapters as well. Exactly. Awesome. So, I mean, it's great to know that there's, uh, there's a lot of development happening on the PMI side and PMI has, PMI has taken like a huge interest and is having huge plans to expand in this area and is also like actively contributing significantly to this uh, profession and practice. So I had a few questions based on what you said, Dave, like, let's quickly talk about the practice guide for a few minutes, uh, if you will. How did that come to surface in terms of the development process? I know you alluded to the the standard 
way in which uh, PMI approaches building a standard, no pun intended. But I wanted to know, uh, like, how was that done briefly, if you will? And also, how is it different from, you know, some of the other standards that exist in the industry today? So basically, there's different levels of standards. So let's start with the top level, which would be identified as a foundational standard. So a foundational standard might be something like the PMBOK, as an example. Mm-hmm. And having a foundational standard is really a, a critical guide for the industry because it talks about the what is the topic that you're talking about. So in the PMBOK case, you know, we're talking about project management. So what is project management and what are the practices that are employed in project in, in good project management. So, you know, so these are the good practices that get get utilized on a on a day-to-day type of a basis. And for a foundational standard, you normally go through a development period where, you know, the developers actually write the standard. Then it goes through a series of reviews. So at PMI we have a standards member advisory group. So this is a group of people who volunteer their time and they act as the standards you know, advisory group for any standard that is produced at PMI. So they play a major role in the foundational standard production. Mm-hmm. But because this is built for the community, basically we go through a series of reviews with the community. So that may involve the subject matter expert review, but it definitely has to include a public exposure draft review, where this is basically put out openly to the public and people can send us their comments and their questions and so on in regards to that. So key point to remember here is that foundational standards require that public exposure draft. Okay, then there's the next layer down, which is just basically for other types of standards that we want to build, but that would not be considered foundational standards. And those also go through a public exposure draft process. And then the lower level is a practice guide. And practice guides are often produced as an initial step, something to get a product into the market and generally quickly. But depending upon the uptake of that practice guide, it's very possible that it will eventually um, transition into becoming a foundational standard or the need will be defined that we need to build a foundational standard in a given topic. So in a sense, the practice guide is like a, a minimum viable product from that angle. Yeah, it's still a standard. Uh-huh. Want to make sure that that's very clear, but it doesn't follow the public exposure draft okay. requirement. So in this case, for the business analysis practitioners guide that we built, we had a very small development window and the team that came together to write this did an absolutely phenomenal job given that constraint and the quality of the product that actually came from it was was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But we went from that small development window into a subject matter expert review where it went out to over 50 people and generally these were well-known people in the industry who came back and commented and provided suggestions for us. All of those comments were taken into consideration and and built into the guide as applicable. But 
The difference here is with a subject matter expert review, it's not a requirement that we have to go back and actually respond to every single question. Um, in this case, we did out of courtesy to the people. You know, we let them know in a general sense that, A, we appreciated their comments and what we were taking and what we were not taking. But so we go through that subject matter expert review. Again, it also goes through our standards mag review and then ultimately has to get approved by the executive management group at PMI before it gets published. And so that's pretty much the process that happened in producing the business analysis practitioner guide standard. Great. So that's, I mean, in a sense, there was no public review for this. It's, it, has a, it had a more contained review. That's correct. So how is it different from like other business analysis standards? Like, you know, if, if a business analyst or a project manager is listening to this podcast and they know that there's a BA BAC from the IIBA, how would that compare and contrast with this, uh, sort of the, with this practice guide? Part of what our market research told us was that the community was really looking for something more practical that they could use on a day-to-day basis to do their job. So with that research in our, in our hip pocket, that's what we set out to do with this practitioner's guide. So we had to talk about the what is business analysis, obviously, to make sure that everybody was on the same sheet of music in regards to what business analysis is. But then we very quickly got down into providing practices uh, you know, good, solid practices that are in use and being applied daily by the business analysis community worldwide. So we got into talking about the how to do business analysis. Now, this is not, as I said earlier, this is a guide. So we're not providing direction that says you must do it like this. But what we are trying to do is expose people to the good practices that are employed, both the tasks and the techniques that are utilized in business analysis and the different uh, knowledge areas and domains of business analysis. So more suggestive than prescriptive. That's exactly right. So, and, you know, the feedback that we've gotten has basically been that, hey, I carry this with me on a day-to-day basis because I use it constantly. Mm. And, you know, so we hit the mark in regards to what it was we wanted to develop you know, we wanted something that was going to be very useful to people performing business analysis and something that could be utilized on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Great. So, uh, I mean, I had a question. Uh, I mean, I wanted to ask how can this benefit the practitioners? Uh, it looks like you've answered that too. If there's anything on, on those lines that you want to add, you know, uh, please go ahead. Well, it's definitely a benefit to anyone who is performing business analysis, but it's also a benefit to other people. So let's talk about them for a minute. If you're a stakeholder that's interacting with a business analyst or someone who performs business analysis, this guy will help you have a better understanding of what business analysis is and what to expect in regards to the person performing the business analysis. You know, what are the things this person's going to be doing that is going to be adding to um, ensuring that we get the requirements right and we're building the solution that's needed from the business. It's very helpful to the project and program manager because, again, they'll have a much better appreciation for 
what their business analyst is doing on their given project or program and why when they come up and say, I need more time than what's in the schedule, you know, they'll have a better understanding as to why they need more time to do a particular task or activity. Mm-hmm. So yes, this is a, um, a really great guide for everybody who's involved in the development of strategic initiatives and implementing them through projects and programs. Absolutely. So let's uh, briefly talk about the, the PMI PBA certification, Dave. Like uh, you said, you you know you launched a pilot of the certification, and then obviously now it's in full public rollout. I wanted to know how is the uptake on that certification in the industry, and also like a burning question, another brewing question for me is how is it different from other certifications like you know like BCS or CBAP or CCBA and so forth? Sure. So let's take them one step at a time. So just to make sure that the audience understands, conducting a pilot around a new certification is a very standard operating procedure for organizations that actually produce certification. It gives us an opportunity to actually test the exam to make sure that it's doing what it was intended to do. So we evaluate all of the questions that are being asked of the candidates during the pilot phase. Sometimes questions get modified, sometimes they get thrown out. So it's it's a normal part of the overall process. So we had a small group of people go through the, the pilot phase to actually work out those kinks before we actually formally launched the professional and business analysis credential in November of 2014. Uh, The uptake has been very positive. It is meeting the expectations that we had for the credential. And so we're very happy with the progress. Um, Just to give you an indicator, um, you know, so here we are a little over a year after launching the product officially. And we now have professionals in business analysis, PBAs, in over 60 countries. So that to us is very significant and definitely demonstrates that there's um, global interest in having a certification of this nature. And so we're just going to continue to grow it, you know, as we move forward. Absolutely. So the second part of my question, like if somebody's looking at, you know, all these business analysis certification, uh, how does PMI PBA sort of differ in terms of qualification, obviously, you know, each certification has a certain qualifying criteria and also in terms of uh, the differential factor. Yeah, so let me touch on that just a little bit. And, and first of all, I apologize if I get on my high horse. But, <laughs> but I, you know, the first thing I, I always try to tell people is do your own analysis. And I think that's even more important in today's world because you can get lots of opinions out on social media. and But unless you do your own analysis, you don't know what's fact and what's fiction. And let me tell you, there's a lot of fiction out on social media. (laughs) So do your homework, first of all, and that will help you to really determine, in my mind, who is serious about certification and and who isn't. I also think it's very important for people to, to recognize there's a big difference between a certificate and a certification. Certifications, when they're done right, are based on research. Um, In the case of the professional and business analysis, there was an extensive role delineation study done 
that contributed to the development of that credential. And that's, you know, an important component of that development cycle. So if you do your research, you'll, you'll actually, you know, learn these things. And I think it's, it's very important that you do. Now, there's lots of organizations out there, you know, this isn't meant to, to ding anybody. I mean, there's lots of organizations out there that want to advance this profession. And that's all goodness. You know, we, we want people to be able to uh, become better at business analysis. And so, you know, anybody out there that's offering a certificate or a certification that's not necessarily bad, it's important to ensure that you understand what you are getting when you do that. So, for example, PMI follows international standard organization guidelines when they're developing their certifications. And, and I think it's very important that you recognize the importance of ISO standards when it comes to your, your act, the certification that you're actually pursuing. So, so first and foremost, do your analysis. If you're listening to this podcast, you've obviously heard me talk about all of the things that PMI has produced over the last couple of years, and we have yet to talk about where we're headed. But yes, look at, look at it holistically. In the case of PMI, it is very clear PMI is committed to business analysis. They're making significant investment and in dedicating um, resources and energy towards uh, building that holistic picture. Because we do believe it can be, you know, can be very influential in actually driving the success rates of projects, programs, and portfolios, and that's the, you know, that's the name of the game, is, uh, you know, producing results. Absolutely. And so that's that's where we're focusing our our time and energy. Absolutely. So I think you have to look at that when you're looking at at certifications. You know, for example, you know, PMI has over four hundred and fifty thousand members, and we have well over 600,000 credential holders. So obviously, here's an organization that's very committed to their members and very committed to ensuring that we're producing the certifications that are in demand by our practitioners. Absolutely. And just real quick, maybe uh, very briefly, if you could provide the qualifying criteria for the certification, Dave. I know the PMI website would have more details and will provide links in the show notes. But is this more of like an intermediate kind of professional or is it entry level? What's the experience for this? And so let me just touch on it very briefly. Basically, this is geared towards the mid-level professional, someone who has approximately five years of experience. And again, I had mentioned our role delineation study. Our role delineation study identified the fact that this would actually be the appropriate place for a certification to reside. So yes, we're looking for people that, that do have business analysis experience. And that's partially because the credential is not only knowledge-based, but it's also experience-based, which means that there are questions that are more or less scenarios and you have to be able to relate to it. This is where your experience comes into play in order to be able to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. So. So that's, that's another important element. So roughly five years of experience, you can actually go to the website and see uh, the types of experience we're looking for you to have in order to qualify. There's also an education component. Our education component is actually 
there's a greater number of hours required to qualify for, for our credential than there are with some other certifications. There is an education level requirement. And then, you know, based on your education, it, it, it tells you how many hours of experience you need to, to actually have. So less education, you need more experience and so on. All right, Dave, uh, looks like, you know, we've covered a lot uh, so far. If you have to give a parting comment or a message to the BA community and, and in terms of some key takeaways from what we've, you know, what, what we've spoken so far, what we've discussed so far, what would, you, what would you say to them? Well, one of the key takeaways that I would say is that you know, business analysis is here to stay. PMI is committed to it. Um, I think that's evident based on the things that I've said. And so if you're in the business analysis community, we want you to be a part of us. We want you to, to join our broader community, get involved in volunteer initiatives with us, and, you know, this is really the place for you to be. And we welcome you with open arms and, and want you to be part of this community. The other thing that I would just, the other message that I would want to send out is, again, do your homework. Don't listen to everything online. There's a lot of people that are trying to paint PMI as solely looking at business analysis on projects. That's not true. I mean, if you take a look at the Business Analysis for Practitioners, a practice guide, and check the definition of business analysis, you will see that we are talking about business analysis soup to nuts. We are not trying to bound this within the confines of projects and programs. But I will also say, as I said earlier, strategic initiatives are accomplished through projects and programs and portfolios. And, and you know, we feel that business analysis is a very critical part critical competency associated with with uh, projects and programs and portfolio success. So this is the place for it to be, but don't go putting it in a box. Absolutely. I think that's a great uh, closing comment there, Dave. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and gleaned some useful insight from our conversation. I personally learned a lot about uh, how you know PMI approached the the whole uh, PMI PBA thing, and and not just the certification, but just you know the whole setup, the whole nine yards. Uh, I personally thought it was uh, very uh, interesting. So, if you want to learn more about Dave and uh, everything about PMI and so forth that we talked about in this particular episode, you can go over to the bacoach.com forward slash 47, the number 47. Uh, that's it from me for this episode, folks. I'll uh, see you on the bacoach.com. Bye for now.